three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another off-season episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. Not just an off-season episode, an award show episode. I know it's much earlier than it's been in past years. You got to give credit to Walker, Ryan, myself as well. We, we've we all made an effort to get this out faster. Walker spearheading the charge as always. Also, Walker, um, lots up, of man? stuff going on. Uh, award show, um, trip oh, yeah. to casual trip to Midland, uh, transfers out, transfers in, top players. Your thoughts on what's been going on in Texas private school athletics? Yeah, man, it's been a very crazy time for us, but it's been so much fun. A lot of busy, hard work behind the scenes, a lot of travel, a lot of just, it's, I mean, this is what we love to do, man. And the, it's just been so much fun. Uh, loving it every second of it. Uh, but we're here to finally do some finalists, talk about some transfers, maybe some other stuff, maybe. Yeah, the award show, uh, very much uh, quicker this time, which is awesome. And actual, this is the finalist. The award show will come sooner than you realize. So excited for that. Absolutely. I think you, me, and Ryan spent like like eight hours in a in a Panera Bread in Fort Worth just knocking this thing out. I mean, a lot, we made it, we made it an emphasis this year that we wanted to get this done faster than it was done in past years. And I, we got it done. And I think that that I'll, I'll pat our, I'll pat us on the back a little bit. That just shows, you know, how much we want to get through this and get it out to y'all faster than previous years. And I think we did that, but we will talk about the award show in just a second before that we got to talk about, you know, just a casual business trip out to Midland that we yeah. took this, this past weekend. I mean, if you would have told me in December of 2020, whenever we were just first starting this, that we would have the opportunity to fly out and and have a school welcome us in and get to cover them to the way we did Midland Christian, I would have said you're crazy. And you know what? I mean, I I guess I'm not that crazy. You know, <laughs> it was it was such a fun opportunity. The, the hat uh, Walker has on the shirt as well. Both came from Midland. You know, they they really they really blessed us. I mean, it was it was a fantastic opportunity. Watching the game was great as well. Midland's got a heck of a basketball team. You didn't realize that. Walker, uh, talk to us about about Midland and also some of the content that'll be coming your way from Midland. Yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, it was an amazing time. Like, I remember Wes and I was walking to a uh, Canes and we were like, this is crazy. Like, I can't believe we're here uh, and we wouldn't want to change it for a second. Like this, it was an amazing time, amazing experience. Thank you so much to everyone at Midland for uh, bringing this out there. It was just such an amazing time and uh, got the red carpet treatment. Everyone was just so much, so nice and considerate. Got to try HTO, which is a big thing out there. That was awesome. Uh, very delicious. Uh, the burgers there were really, really good, even though Wes kind of uh, messed with them a little bit. Ain't going to lie. But eight six were, is a great score for a burger. I don't want to hear it. It is a great score for a you burger. You exaggerated your score for the people. Whoa, 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 whoa. I did not. Those are vile accusations there from West Hollison. Yeah, y'all will see all of this in the vlog. Yeah. So yeah, we have a whole vlog that we're doing about our entire trip from Midland from waking up to going and arriving back in college station. But it was a, so much fun. Uh so we'll have that posted pretty soon. Uh probably after this episode. And then uh, we have that. We had the photos that Wes put up and then some, maybe some content that the actual Midland people put, will put out. We'll see how that goes. But 
so appreciative of everyone at Midland. It's such a great time, such a great culture there at Midland that um, there's so many good people, man. And it was so much fun to go out there, meet some friends uh, that we knew. Uh, shout out Brandon Brunson, our guy out there in Midland. He's the best. Uh, and then everyone out there, some of the players that we knew, knew names, but hadn't known faces. And we finally got to meet them uh, in person. So it was great to see some of them. So overall, man, just a great trip. Every Loved every second of it. Yeah, one of my favorite, you know, memories I've made with the podcast so far, if not my favorite. It was a fantastic time. I'll echo Walker's statement and then we'll be done with this. So incredibly grateful to the people and Midland Christian itself for making this happen. It was such a fun opportunity. Hey, we'd love to do it again during football season. I'll just say that before we get out of here. Uh, I don't look great in baseball hats, so I will I will cast that aside. I haven't played I... baseball since I was probably 12 years old, but, you know. Yeah. Moving on into the bread and butter of this episode, the award show finalist, and where else would we start but TAPS Division One? So, without stalling any longer, here are your Texas Private School Podcast award show finalist for TAPS Division One. Okay, so Walker, I would say a pretty <laughs> deserving group of guys here we've compiled on this list. You know, Taps D1, it, it would be redundant to say has talent, but obviously there is plenty of it. Uh, anything you want to hit on here before we move to D2? Yeah, MVP, very stacked list. Demry, Williams, Sibley, and Hall all were impact players for their team in different ways. Uh, two parish guys after a very good season. Uh, some other guys, I want to say the receiver of the year, man, very stacked with Usbio, Gonzalez, Hall, and Strode, two Antonio guys that we kind of said were the, the best firepower in all of private school this year was probably Antonio Prep and their offensive attack, and they showed it with two guys on that list. Um, I think those are the guys, linebacker of the year, very, very impressive. Um, and also for, for my big guys up front, Zach Curtis, Sam Leo, Gilmore, McNeef, Big, big boys up front that had a very good year. Um, so, man, hey, just a lot of talented lists here. But I think we got the finalists right here. What are your thoughts, Wes? Uh, newcomer of the year interests me a whole lot. You got the young legend Howell, the guy that I've been following since he was since he was an eighth grader, and I saw him pop up on Twitter. Came up, did great things for Bishop Lynch this year. You have Caleb Mitchell Irving, who transferred into private school and into parish and absolutely dominated on the defensive line this year. He's well-deserving. Then Dante Lewis and Maddox Reed, both fantastic players in their own right. You know, I, I'm very excited to see who, who comes away with newcomer. You have four yeah. guys that are that are neck and neck. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting race to watch materialize. But that is TAPS Division One. TAPS D2. 
this was the division that was talked about more from the preseason until the the season ended in December. Just so much drama, so much intrigue, so much, so many teams coming down from D1 and really saturating the talent pool. And you will see the talent pool is indeed saturated with all the finalists we have here. So here are your Texas Private School Podcast TAPS Division II Award Show finalists. All right, Walker, great group of guys we got here oh, yeah. in this talent pool. Your thoughts on any specific categories or just overall in D2? I kind of want to talk about the coaches first. Jason Wynn, you know, had a big, big year for Liberty, and he does, definitely deserves to be on there. Jordan Black wins the state championship. Bishop Dunn leads that district kind of this year in a big, big win bringing them back to the Dunn of old. And, hey, you have to give credit to Austin Hyde Park and their head coach this year. Fantastic year for Hyde Park that none of us really saw coming. And I'm excited to see the progression of Hyde Park for the next coming years. Um, other guys, underclassmen, man, loaded group. Uh, Max Granville, Brady Janusek, Quinn Murphy, and Kobe Sellers, who's sadly not at Fort Bend anymore, but had a great year for Fort Bend this year. All four of them were very, very good for uh, uh, this year. And I'm really excited to see. I mean, those those four are so talented were so impactful for their squads. It's hard to pick one, you know, but you'll see down the line. Uh, other ones, I want to shout out, you know, the running back of the year. Some un underrated schools with Gage Brer coming from Victoria St. Joseph, a school you don't hear often about because of where it's located. And the Woodlands Christian with Ryan Leslie, who had a fantastic year. And of course, the two names you've probably heard here and there on the pod. Antoine Polk from Southwest Christian and Jeremiah Hoare from Bishop Dunn. Wes, you have any others that you really were found fond of? I'm I'm gonna have to uh, be a little partial here and get some love to the receivers. You know, I think this might be the most stacked position in all of our award show, if if not uh, excluding MVP and Offensive Players of the Year. This the receivers in D two this year were some of the best that I've seen. You know, in my time covering private school football, you got Brian Domino from Fort Bend, you got Jacob Trimble from Fort Worth Christian, you have Brady Janisek, the stud from Liberty, and you have Jackson Smith from Regents. All four of those guys are. Are fantastic i saw domino and smith i saw both domino and smith in person um so so good domino in that game against second baptist was one of the more unstoppable performances i've ever seen second baptist's secondary isn't anything to scoff at and domino just went absolutely crazy jackson smith is some guy that i think and I've said previously is the most underrated guy in the state. Yep. Um, obviously not an imposing stature, but the dude makes plays. He's a Cole Beasley type. Uh, it's just fantastic. Brady Janisek's a stud. 
he's just physically he's incredibly gifted makes plays every time he gets the ball in his hands the same can be said for Jacob Trimble I mean really led Fort Worth Christian this year I've talked a lot more than I should but that just tells you how passionate about I am about receivers and this group in D2 Walker anything to add offensive line there were four names that we like we had to narrow down to those four names there was probably eight guys there that could be the four and it was that's that stacked of a group. Um, but I think the guys, the four we got, Josh Cobb, Bennett Warren, Charlie Johnson, and Keller Davis. And Keller Davis had a very good year for TWCA. And for a guy that we didn't mention, like usual top guys, uh, Keller Davis, fantastic year. And was a, I was a v- big fan of his film from this past year. Both sides of the ball. Um, just very, very impressive. But all four of them are really, really good players. I mean, it's going to be hard to choose the number one guy amongst that list from this past year. Definitely so. A ton of talent in D2, as reflected by our finalists. Transitioning, Taps Division Three. You know, wire to wire was thought that DC would be would be the best team here, and they were. That is well reflected in this list. Although that is not to say there is an abundance of talent outside of Mesquite, which there is, which you will see when we debut our finalists for the Taps Division Three section of the Texas Private School Podcast Award Show. Here they are. All right, Walker, our TAPS D3 finalists have been announced. You know, there's a ton of talent on this list. I'm going to have to stop. I'm going to have to start counting the amount of times I say talent because I'm probably over my quota for the episode. Your thoughts on the list as a whole? A great list of a lot of great dudes, man. Uh, Very, very talented. I really like the newcomer and underclassmen list. You know, Zach Hernandez, Prezak, Broadway, and Spangler, who underrated guys, uh, Keaton Spangler from Lake Country this year. Very came into play and it impacted their teams massively this year. Um, an underclassman, Fritcher Bernie, Geneva School Bernie was a great player, sophomore, uh, had a great year and also was one of our player of the weeks this past year. Warren Hayduck from Cypress Christian had a great year. Bryce Prince from Grace Prep also had a really good year. And John Acosta was a guy, you know, we talk about the sophomore with uh, Gibby Alvarado, but John Acosta made, I believe the freshman sensation uh, made first, I uh, made made all state DB or uh, made it all, all, all state list as a freshman. So very, very proud of John Acosta for this great year. San Antonio Holy Cross is going to definitely have uh, some younger guys. that are going to be have to watch. Uh, but I mean, the MVP also Nettles, Ramon Edwards, Landrum and Carney, great seasons by all four of them. Um, you know, top two top guys, three of those guys have division one offers and taps division three. I mean, what more do you want in the MVP? You know, one of these days, uh, I 
Holy Cross will make the state championship. I've been praying for it for so long. I love that team so much. I need to see it happen. You just mentioning them gave me that thought. You know, I'm not I'm not partial towards any team on this program. You know, besides Grace we, Community, but that's beside the point. We I, we need some we need some we need we need some San Antonio love in the state championship, man. We just need it. We need it. And there's nothing like we're not hating on DFW in Houston. We just I I want some I want some diversity. I want some San Antonio love in there. You know. Yeah, a little variety never killed anybody. In no. terms of a category that I like, defensive player of the year. Now you you hear D three defensive player and you immediately think Dave Campbell's cover boy, you know, Etta. However, there is so much talent in this division that it's not it's not a runaway this year. You have Zach Anthony from Trinity that had 149 total tackles. You have Speedy Nettles, the power five coveted recruit. From the likes of Baylor, Duke, so many schools, I can't even name them all off the top of my head. Yep. You have Kevin Dodder from Lake Country, who had 45 total tackles, but that's not why he's on the list, from 13 interceptions. I think he was close to the most in the nation this this year. I mean, the amount of defensive talent in Division Three is pound for pound probably the best in the state incredibly interested to see how this is all going to turn out any closing thoughts about d3 walker no nah, man a lot of great talent there that's underrated talent man i mean some of these guys deserve it uh deserve some big offers man especially in like defensive line uh offensive player of the year jalen talton is that guy i wonder uh also we're recording this on February 2nd, if anyone didn't know. But, hey, na- happy National Signing Day to everyone, uh, everyone that signed. And so I hopefully uh, we're going to see some of y'all sign soon. And I wonder, uh, for a guy like Jalen Talton, man, Jalen Talton deserves to get some love, more love than he does, man. And uh, had a great year for Grace Prep, and I hopefully he finds a, a spot for him. I don't Absolutely. know why I said that. I don't know why I went on that little tangent, but I just I I love Jalen Taltman. He's a great dude, great player, and I hope he has a good home. He's a dog, dude. Filthy Euro step as well. You got to give him that. No doubt, no doubt. Okay, that concludes Taps Division Three, and now we move down to Taps Division Four. You know, I'm trying to think of something to say besides there is talent here, but I, it's stereotypical for me to say about D4 that you wouldn't think there's a lot of talent, but there is. You know, you got guys like Bax Townsend, Dominic Sadu, Cole Duty, Stone Walker, Ryan Sprzynski, you know, so many guys that that week in and week out perform for their team. Um, I'm really, really excited to debut the finalists for TAPS Division 4. So without further ado, the TAPS Division 4 Texas Private School Podcast Award Show finalists.
Walker, for for the last time in taps before we introduce some special guests, I'll, I'll tip my hat a little bit there. But I mean, taps D four. Uh, your thoughts regarding anything in particular? I really like the newcomer and the underclassman list. Underclassman Dominic Sadu uh, had a great year for First Baptist and has received many plethora of offers as a freshman in taps division four. That's insane to watch. Rome Stanford was a guy who stood out to us at Houston Northland. Brody Gardner also was a guy who stood out to us watching him live. And Maddox Caffey has the stats to back him up and definitely the film to back him up after a great year at Fort Worth Temple Christian for underclassmen of the year. Same with newcomer with Sadu. Jackson Caffey had a great year at quarterback for uh, Brazos Christian. Also, Ryan Alleens for Fort Worth Temple Christian had a great year. Brandon Bork came into weather for Christian and dominated this past year, so good for him. I mean, other ones... Uh, Wes, what are you thinking on the top of your head, man? What what are some other ones that really, really stood out to you? Uh, I liked linebacker a lot, if you haven't already mentioned it. Brady Hall oh, from yeah. Hallettsville, very good. 133 total tackles. Will Hawley from Lubbock Christian, 110 with the four sacks, six tackles for loss. Joshua Benorden, yeah. I, I think that's how you say it. Uh, very, very solid outing for the state finalist Shire St. Paul. And the Maddox Caffey Fort Worth Temple, the, the upstart program this year, 94 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for loss, the most on that list. Yeah. You know, just a lot of guys getting it done in the middle there uh, in D4. You just got to give them some love. No doubt. No doubt. I, I think they had a they had some talent in Division Four, And with some switch up with like Hunter McCoy going to First Baptist and stuff like that with – some of the other names that First Baptist has on the list. It could be exciting to watch First Baptist next year, but uh, shout out to also Lubbock Christian has a couple guys on this list, is, of course, making the state championship and winning it uh, handedly, uh, of course, with the head figure, Bax Townsend, and the D- MVP conversation. Yeah, definitely so. Just a ton of great players, a ton of deserving finalists however sadly we can't give awards to everyone we'll have to narrow that down you will see that here in the next few weeks in the actual award show so that being said we're now going to transition to sbc and i think you might see a couple guests there with us let's go to it now we are going to introduce the spc 4a and 3a award finalists and you'll notice we have one returning guest and one new face we have jack Closek and alex lasuade both joining us these are our spc analysts they put a ton of great work and helped us out a ton with getting the finalists done for spc 4a and 3a and also two guys that are incredibly knowledgeable and passionate about private school sports specifically spc sports so jack i'll start with you welcome back first of all second of all i mean what have you been up to in and, and how did it feel to work through the SBC awards? Uh, thanks for having me, Wes. It's a, always a pleasure to be on the podcast. Um, working through the awards was super rewarding. Um, my first year having not played football, um, to be able to stay in the game and stay around the guys that I'd grown so close to at Kincaid. And on top of that, being able to cover teams from all around the state has been super rewarding. Um, in my uh, my personal life, I'm a recently got a a job with the Columbia athletics department, somebody working with the baseball team, which is pretty exciting. Um, Baseball is my first love, my first big sport, even before football. Um, And I'll be doing some PR press releases, uh, hype videos, data analytics, all that kind of good stuff for the Columbia baseball team, which is awesome. Uh, A great way for me to stay involved in the game. Awesome. Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Of course, Alex LaSuede. Uh, collegiate football player Alex Swade, Kincaid graduate Alex Swade. What's what's been up? Introduce yourself. How you been? What's up, y'all? I'm Alex. I recently graduated from Kincaid last year, as Wes said, and I currently currently play linebacker for uh, WashU. 
so yeah, it was awesome to see all the talented SBC players and really evaluating them. Give me some nostalgia too. And just, I think the SBC class is really loaded and there's some really talented players there. Yeah, we have a great group of finalists that I'm incredibly excited to debut. So without further ado, here are the SBC 4A and 3A finalists. All right, so those are your finalists for all the players and coaches of the year categories. Alex and Jack did a fantastic job compiling those. Guys, I'll let you now detail, first of all, your thoughts overall on the pool of finalists you selected for the SBC, and then go into detail on some of the categories that you found interesting. Jack, I'll start with you. Um, I really think in SPC 4A, especially the playing field has kind of been leveled uh, in a way that it wasn't about five or six years ago. You saw ESD, Kincaid, Episcopal, and St. John's all finished with the same amounts of wins at seven. Um, we've seen the rise of the St. John's program led by Coach Veltry along with Coach McKay. Um, ESD had a fantastic year. Episcopal really turned it around after having back-to-back -back losing seasons. And Kincaid did a ton with uh, not their most talented team over the past couple of years. On top of that, we've also seen the rise of SPC 3A. John Cooper, who's only been around for about a decade, has turned into a powerhouse. And on top of that, Trinity Valley really, really surprised me. They were a two-win team in conference in 2021, and they made it to the championship game uh, behind the likes of Gavin Parkhurst, Carter Lee, um, uh, Will Will Scott. Um, and th they're a really talented bunch. Look for them to uh, contend next year. Um, on top of that... Um, the, ta the the talent pool is is really noticeable in a way that um that it, it makes it very similar to taps in a lot of ways maybe not like taps division 1 but spc has really come a long, a long a long way and it's exciting to see guys such as Micah Bell and in past years Dylan Bell or Josh Williams or Lucas Desjardins at Tulane or or so on and so forth get big time division 1 offers yeah, definitely. So, Alex, your your overarching thoughts on the state of the SBC and the finalists selected here. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Jack explained it very well, but um, SBC was very interesting this year, especially the expectations uh, preseason. Like you had the favorites of EHS, especially with a lot of the D1 players they have. And usually past years, there's a clear winner uh, before the season. But that's what I really like about SBC this year. I mean, it was a bunch of teams, the same playing level, and they just fought out for the best. Yeah, definitely so. It was incredibly interesting to follow, especially I know I know Kincaid's uh, upset of VHS in the final probably made y'all a little bit happy, even if y'all <laughs> won't admit it on air, trying to keep a sense of professionalism. But yeah, that that game was fantastic that both Walker and Jack got to cover. But 
Speaking more into the specifics of the awards, Jack, what categories really stuck out to you and you want to give a little more commentary to? Yeah, I mean, we have an absolutely loaded class of MVPs. We got Micah Bell, Notre Dame commit, no introduction needed. Uh, Three-year varsity letterman, running back, punt returner, kick returner, cornerback, does it all, even threw the ball a couple times this year out of Kincaid's heavy package. Um, an outstanding track runner, a very, very intelligent uh, guy, got offers from Notre Dame, Stanford, Harvard, um, UT, and so on and so forth. Needs no introduction. He's going to do great things at the next level. On top of that, we have Call Allen, who is easily one of the best young players in the SPC, if not the best. He yep. can he can get you on, on the ground. He can catch in the air, runs amazing routes, highlight real catches. He's he, it's it, We're very lucky that he has two more years. Thirdly, we got Vaughn McKeever, who, great quarterback, needs no introduction either. Back-to-back SPC titles, great baseball player as well. And then the newcomer of the bunch, Carson Gordon, really, really showed out this year. The transfer for Ridgepoint High School in Missouri City um, found his home in a new offense with great receiving targets, and he really showed out this year. Look for him to have a great senior year as well. Yeah, absolutely. Those four guys could go, could basically go toe to toe with almost anyone in the state. I mean, that this SBC MVP class is so loaded. Uh, I'm very interested to see who gets selected as the winner. I think you could go with any of those four guys without much argument from anyone else. I'll speak to Cole Allen a little bit. I watched Cole Allen. I think it was the first game I covered this season against um, against St. Thomas down Saint in Thomas. Houston. Yeah, no, I watched. I watched Cole Allen go up and get a ball and absolutely moss somebody. And it was that might have been the best play I saw all year. And it was week one. Cole Allen, and especially at his stature, it's not someone who's not physically overwhelming. His ability to make plays and go up and get balls and turn nothings into somethings is something that I think is almost unrivaled by anyone, not only in SBC and all the taps. It's incredibly fun to watch. Um, and again, all the other guys in this list, I've spoken, we've all spoken about at length on this podcast, very talented players looking forward to see who comes out of this bunch. Alex, I know you've got some thoughts uh, regarding the finalists. G- give me your in-depth analysis on one of the categories. Yeah, I really like the underclassmen category a lot. Uh, you have Dean Calhoun, a slippery running back out of John Cooper. That was a lead back for them. You have Hutch Shipman, a great tight end for ESD, made a lot of plays for them. Cole Allen, I mean, Jack already elaborated on that. And uh, Gavin Parkhurst, especially the sophomore, stepping up for that TVS offense and really leading it. So a lot of talented sophomores that serve as key players for their team. So it'll be really interesting uh, who wins this. Yeah, yeah. definitely so. No, I was just going to agree. I mean, watching some of these guys play, Dean and Cole and Gavin, I mean, all fantastic players. And I think Gavin taking the reins from a team that could have maybe made state last year and kind of being like, hey, this is his own team. I think he's going to be a – Big, big player for them for trying to make back, going back to the state championship next year. Dean, with probably Vaughn leaving next year, Dean is going to have to be the big man on campus there next year as a junior, so he'll be fun to watch. And Cole is going to be the superstar of the SBC probably next year, so everyone needed to tune in. And Hutch Chipman, y'all, didn't, I didn't know much about this kid until until they told me, and hey, watching the film, he's a great prospect who has a bright future ahead of them for ESD. Okay, Alex, give us give us your thoughts on one more category before we move on from SBC. Yeah, so as a linebacker myself, I'm be pretty biased here, but I like the linebacker of the year uh, category a lot. I mean, I watched these guys film and just reminded me of how I played a lot. A lot of physical dudes. I mean, you got Jacob Maynard, Dax Garza, Colin Nicholson, and Carson Berger. 
a lot of great linebackers for their team. They really stepped up this year. So once again, really interesting to see who's going to win this. Yeah, definitely. So that's a category I'll be keeping my eye on for sure. And again, just a, a fantastic group of prospects. But guys, I mean, yet again, thank you so much. Fantastic job compiling all the finalists. We're very grateful for it. Before we get out of here, Jack, I'll start with you and then move to Alex. Any any closing thoughts you have regarding the SBC finalists? Just want to give some love to the uh, to the big fellas, guys, before we head off. Um, of course. Our nominees, Matthew Paragini, uh, great lineman for John Cooper. They had a great uh, cohesive unit. Um, and then the two EHS boys, Colin Witt and Billy Wheelis, who are and now have played since their sophomore years. Great technique. They know their offense well. They're leaders. Great blocking. They they can play both ways. And then last but not least, uh, Will Scott out of Trinity Valley, 6'7", 320 ta- pounds of, of you know pure meanness, puts guys on the dirt, um, and a really talented individual, and only an, only a sophomore. So he has a lot of room to grow. It'll be exciting to see how he continues to develop. We're we're uh, we're pretty high on uh, Will Scott here at the podcast. No doubt, definitely. So Alex, let's wait. Any any closing thoughts? Yeah, actually, on the opposite side of Jack, I have the defensive lineman category, which I like a lot. I mean, you have uh, Jason Ota and Hutch Coward out of EHS, Justin McCray out of ESD, and then Corey Thomas representing three uh, A conference. A lot of great defensive linemen. I saw a lot of pass rushing, a lot of run stopping, and really liked it a lot. So that'll be interesting to see. Shout out to Justin McRae, just uh, just committed to East Central University. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. As well as uh, Jason Ota signed the Texas A&M Commerce D1 FCS ball. So shout yep. out to those guys. Absolutely. Yeah. And guys, I just want to say thank you so much again from, from both me and Walker. It's been a fantastic help. We're very, very grateful for y'all's knowledge and expertise of SBC. It's been a, it's been, it's been great to just talk with y'all and hear y'all's thoughts on the whole list. And I'm very excited to see who gets selected as finalists. We will, we will see that in the coming weeks, but for Alex Asway, for Jack Klosek, thank y'all so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll see y'all in the program pretty soon here. Thank you for having us. Take care. Yeah. Thank you, Wes. So yet again, thank you so much to Alex Lasuade and Jack Klosek. Full disclosure, I thought Alex's name was pronounced Lasaud until he corrected me before we started recording. But uh, both of them have such a great passion for private school athletics, and they did so much work. People fail to realize how much work even goes in to compiling one division of this award show. Alex and Jack did that fantastically. We're very grateful to them. Hopefully you'll see them both soon here on another episode. So moving on into our overall awards, we have one, two, three, four categories as always, and let's get into them. These are the Texas Private School Podcast overall award show finalists. All right, Walker, we got four categories as always. These are the superlative awards, basically the large school and small school overall. Who's the best coach? Who's the best player? What sticks out to you from this list? I think the large school coach of the year, um, Jordan Black winning the uh, D2, Nathan Larned winning uh, SBC 4A. And then, you know, we could have done a lot of other guys, but we chose the other Division Two coaches. Uh, with the most variety in Division Two, I think we had to show there with, you know, we could have done, of course, the four-peat or three-peat of, or no, four, four-peat of Parish Episcopal. But we thought Jason Wynn 
and what Austin Hyde Park uh, did this year just has to be shown. And I think they deserve to be recognized after a great year. And I think Division Two had the most variety, and I think those two guys definitely deserve to be on that list. Okay, so with that being said, that's actually that that's all our award show finalists and all that we're going to cover regarding the award show this episode. Um, yeah, it was the result of a ton of work, but it's probably the most rewarding thing that we do every year. And we're very excited to bring it to you. So be on the lookout here in the next couple of weeks. We'll, we'll try to have the award show out, which will be much earlier than it has been in years past. But that being said, let us move on into people that have transferred out of private school in recent weeks, Walker, we already did. Um, we already did an episode, or not necessarily transferred out, just transfers. Period. We did an episode about more Texas private school portal moves. What is what has interested you in terms of the private school portal? I can't even believe we're saying that. Yeah, we're, uh, we're here lately. We're gonna call this talking transfers. It's gonna be a segment now, a weekly segment every episode. Um, because we have that many. I think the bigger ones. You know, Grayson Donald transferred for his three school from Bernie to uh, where was it? He went to TMI and now he's going to be uh, going to Central Catholic in San Antonio. That's going to be a big one, a bit, one of the better quarterbacks in 2024 going to Central Catholic. That's going to compete with the other 2025 uh, uh, quarterback, right, Wes, whoever the guy you saw. Um, that played pretty good, you said. So that's going to be mm-hmm. a good co- quarterback competition now there in San Antonio to watch. Um Prazak goes from Cyprus or goes from Legacy Prep to Cyprus and goes now back to Legacy Prep. That's going to be big news for them. And some kind of going away now is going to be some huge moves. DJ Johnson, one of the star corners for uh, All Saints, who's going to be he's going to be definitely a, a Division One talent. Transfers out of Fort Worth All Saints, who looks like they were loading up. He goes to Arlington Martin, which is a staple in the DFW area, and wish the best luck to him. Kobe Sellers, a big, big loss for Fort Ben. Right after we kind of said, like, hey, as long as they have them on offense, we'll be good. They lose them at Fort Ben, and that's going to be a huge loss for them on the offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball as well. Oh, you just turned blue. That was pretty cool. I know my 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 mini <laughs> HDMI cable starting to wig out. Hopefully, hopefully, I, it'll stay <laughs> fine for the rest of the episode. Uh, but a hey, speaking of Lou, they go to the the Sharks over there for Shadow Creek. Um, big a lot of young talent there at Shadow Creek. Um, he's gonna fit right in. Uh, they have they look like they're gonna run uh, a big time run for in the UIL ranks and probably 24, 25 with all that talent there. Uh, got another guy, I think rain Broadway, the wide receiver that transferred in to grace prep this last year, transfers out, uh, goes maybe back to Mansfield Lake Ridge. I don't know where he's from, but that's a big loss for them. Other guys, uh, our guy liberties keeps loading up with big talent. Chase Garnett comes from, I believe that's Keller central Nate Humphreys transfers in, uh, from Fort Worth Christian, uh, Maddox Sakaru. Uh, the 2025 uh, outside linebacker, I believe that I don't uh, believe that's also from Keller Central um, transfers in. And also, uh, what is it? Ian Mitchell, the Cormdale line, linebacker transfers to Argyle Liberty. Um, and also, I want to talk one last guy that transferred to Argyle Liberty is Aiden Grummer, the tight end for uh, Cole Welliver transfers over as well. From Flama Marcus to Argyle Liberty and becomes the number one target that he has. His buddies transfers over with him. 
Liberty's loading up, man. Winton is not playing games like we just said with Coach Beck, who Coach Beck also got uh, Trey Ose, I believe that's from Keller Falsa Ridge to transfer over. So that's another big piece for them. I mean, these guys are not playing around in Taps Division Two. They're trying to make a run back to the state championship for both of them, and they are not playing games. So I'm interested to watch those guys. I need to watch more film before I kind of give my thoughts about them. But also, St. Pius always has a good quarterback, and I believe Braxton Bice might be the next one out there. 2025 pro-style quarterback, 5'11", 160. Transfers from, I don't know where he was from before. Uh, looks like Katie, uh, maybe Bridgeland. That could be the school. Uh, maybe transfer some Bridgeland. Hey, you know who also is from Cypress Bridgeland? Hmm. West Hollison. Where's, where's your info about Cypress Bridgeland? What quarterback came from there? There's a I don't know. Our quarterback ourselves, Connor Weckman. Oh, right, that is true. Trust this... me, I know. I know much more about <laughs> high school football than I do college or college football at this point. Anything else? I believe we didn't really talk. Oh, we didn't talk about. Uh, we might have talked about Hunter McCoy going to First Baptist. That's a huge one for them. It's a board Tyson coming from uh, Austin Brentwood. Their star player goes over to Central Texas Christian. It's going to be a loaded D4 team to watch in the South. And John Raybuck, this is huge. Let's talk about that for a second. John Raybuck comes from first Cormdale with Sean Riley as the head coach. Then when Sean Riley uh, gets fired, I believe, Goes to Grapevine Faith, which was the second back with uh, Clayton Sebecki. Uh, had a great year for them, and that thought they were going to be one of the best duos in all private schools. They had a rough year. Sean Riley gets hired as the head coach at Mercy Culture Prep. Have a rough year there, but it looks like they're going to be a pretty good squad next year. And John Raybuck follows Sean Riley back to Mercy Culture Prep, and is going to be their star running back there in Taps Division Four. It's going to be an interesting move. Mercy Culture with Sean Riley is one, you know, one of the most well-known coaches in the uh, private school. Was under the staff at Dion at Cedar Hill Trinity Christian. Knows how to recruit, and he brings in John Raybuck, which John Raybuck, big talented back, is going to be a workhorse for them. And I think just with him coming into the fold, with how talented he is, you have to watch Mercy Culture next year and see how they do. If they can give him the ball. I mean, especially in that level, that might all you need to do with him as how talented he is. Um, Imagine John Raybuck in Division Four for a second. Just that's huge. That. I mean, we talk about Avion. Oh, sorry, Elijah Kaysen, Dominic Sadu, Hunter McCoy, and that First Baptist team. Uh, Love it. Christians losing some guys, you know, but you have some other guys at other places. He might be the most talented senior going into that year next year. I know Elijah Kaysen is another guy, but just pure talent i want to say john raybuck might be that guy next year i mean john raybuck might be the most talented dude in division four next year absolutely i mean it's just it's just crazy to me that we're we're talking about a private school transfer portal but that's literally what it's become i mean it's and i'm not saying that like i'm an old man that's saying it didn't used to be this way why is it like that it's just very interesting to me that uh the rise of of private school transfers is directly correlated with the rise of college NIL, the college transfer portal being revamped. It's just interesting. It seems like taps is yep. like, well, if uh, since 
since college doesn't enforce it that much anymore, why should we? It's just very interesting to see how that goes. But with that being said, that's all we're going to discuss regarding transfers. Now for our final segment of the day, the Texas private school football guy posted his 2024 overall player rankings for those that are unfamiliar. That is incoming seniors for this coming year. He has his, he has actually, I think there's probably like, uh, like 150, maybe. Maybe oh yeah, three hundred. He did. Yeah, it's top three hundred. Yeah, it is top three. Good God. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I mean, if anyone thinks that's us, I promise you, I will not rank three hundred <laughs> players. So that's definitely not us. So all power to whoever does that, man. I mean, that's could yeah, not shut out. Shout out the guy. Shout out private school football. But yeah, so we are not going to talk about all 300. We are going to talk about five. We're going to talk about the top five, give our thoughts on them, give our own personal thoughts. If anyone should be ranked higher, lower, who should be in the top five. So the top five in order, number one, Caleb Mitchell Irving, the defensive end from Parish Episcopal. Number two, William, otherwise known as Speedy Nettles, the defensive back and wide receiver from the D3 state champions, Dallas Christian. Number three, Bennett Warren, the offensive lineman from Fort Bend Christian, who has absolutely exploded on the recruiting scene in the past oh, like, yeah. two months. I mean, he has absolutely exploded. Plus, he's just a great kid. I, I love Bennett. At number four, you have Dozy Ezukanma from Fort Worth All Saints, the recent transfer from Timber Creek. Standing at 6'4", 185, he boasts offers from Texas Tech, UNT, Kansas, U of H, Missouri, TCU, Arizona and the U. So obviously a fantastic player. We haven't had much time to analyze him in private school, but obviously we will have time to do so this coming year. And at number five to round out our top five, or sorry, the guy's top five, you have Johan Cardenas. You know, every if you're not familiar with Johan Cardenas by this point, you've been living under a rock. The Houston St. Thomas running back stands at six foot, 215, one of the more freak athletes I've ever seen. That was solidified by a video I saw recently of him yeah. dunking a basketball. Literally floated in air. Absolutely crazy. Johan boasts offers from SMU, Colorado, Colorado State, Vandy, Texas Tech, UTSA, and Sam Houston. So, Walker. Any specific thoughts you have on the top five? Would you rank anyone higher, anyone lower? What are you What are you thinking? Now, DC. If I said D, if I told you DC, what are your top rankings? They would absolutely have Speedy Neville's number one. Absolutely, and they have, and they have made it well known that they believe in that. And I can't, I can't tell them they're wrong. I mean, Speedy is that dude, and I, I could see him making an argument definitely for being number one, and I think he has a right to have that conversation. Caleb Merchant, Caleb Mitchell, Irving definitely has the more offers, but I mean. Both of them are really, really talented players, players, and you could have that argument any day of the week. And I think Speedy definitely has that argument. Bennett, though, I might think I see Bennett, though, going to the most prestigious college out of all three of them. Now, Bennett, everyone saw the film and then sees the height weight, sees the build, and they that's why they're offering. He's definitely going to have to go to camps and he's going to have to prove the worth that that it's not just an offer, but it's a committable offer. That's the next step for uh, Bennett. And he's going to have to be ready to go. And that's going to be the next step for Bennett. And I think Bennett's ready for that. And I'm excited to see him at camps, especially at AM this fall or this summer when I'll probably be covering that as well. 
really now, quickly, I will say um, I think you can make a case for Bennett at number one because yeah. not not saying these other two guys don't have it, but Bennett's intangibles are not oh, only yeah. better than anyone's on this list; they are head and shoulders above anyone. Six eight, three fifteen. I mean, the, the six foot eight. Think about that. That dude yeah. is massive. And I mean, it's just we've we've also said like. You look at him, and I've seen a lot of great offensive line talent. You look at him, and that's that's why he's gotten so many offers because he looks like any the best, like as good as any offensive lineman in the country. He does. He looks the part, but I think he definitely has the highest ceiling out of any of the three, and definitely has a case also for number one. Dozy, I don't know yet, but if you know anything like his older, if he's going to be anything like his older brother who went to Tech, balled out at Tech, and now is on the Miami Dolphins. He has an NFL bloodline, and he's going to have a lot of talent, and he's going to be a big, big piece for Fort Worth All Saints next year. Um, Big, big weapon for them. And Johan, I mean, we talked about it. I think he gets better offers by as the season goes by. I th- He's te- committed to Texas Tech, but I think he could go bigger than that. I really do think so. But, hey, Texas Tech, for all our Tech fans out there, it's not like he's a bad place, but I could see bigger places offering him as the season goes on. Um, Other guys... I want to mention here, here, I want to phrase it like this. If for the guys on the fringe, I'm going to say that's Cole Welver, Sam Liu, Stephen Gill, and Carson Gordon. If you had to put one of them in the top five, uh, who would it be? It's a hard question. I put you on the spot, but I just kind of want to see just how rapid fire your brain works. Cole? Yeah. But I think Cole is QB1, like I've said since the beginning, and I think he deserves to be the number quarter, number one quarterback on that list. But I mean, I don't know who you replace. I think a better yeah. prospect is Johan. So I think, yeah. I think, I think the guy at least got the 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 top five dudes right. I don't know if there's another guy on that list that is definitely above him. I think, like I said to you, I think it goes Cole. I think it goes Carson. It goes Dante and then Stephen. So I think Dante deserves to be higher than that list. I think he deserves maybe in the top ten. I would put, I would put. Uh, other names on that list, I think Porter Nix maybe goes a little higher. I like Jacob Wilburn a lot. I like, uh, I mean, Nick Hughes is a great offensive lineman down there in San, San Antonio. I really like him. I'm kind of just going through the list a little bit, um, seeing some other guys that I I think deserve to be a little bit higher. Uh, Caden Lehu at 54, I think he deserves a bigger jump. I think Caden Lehu is a really good player. Um, Wes, what are your thoughts on that at 54, Kane Lehu? Um, I need to see who is above him. I mean, I, I my initial thoughts would be it's too low, but there's so many talented 24s. Yeah, 24 is a good say. class in private school, man. It really, really is. Yeah, seeing who's ahead of him, and no disrespect to people that are, Caden Lehu is too low at 54. And I understand that being D3, but I he's he is good, man. Offensively, and people don't realize his defensive talent as well. He's very good. Looking looking at this list, uh, Caden Lehu needs to be top thirty. Caden Lehu, yeah, I I could see Caden Lehu in that in that twenty to twenty five spot. I mean, he he is he is solid, solid. Also, bringing us back to the top ten a little bit. 
I will ask you a question, Walker. It's interesting. So within the top 10, you have three quarterbacks, Cole Welliver, Stephen Gill, Carson Gordon. One of them is not like the others. Cole Welliver and Carson Gordon both have power five offers. Stephen Gill does not. However, Stephen Gill is still ranked ahead of Carson Gordon. What do you think the guy sees in Stephen Gill to rank him this high as the number eight prospect in all of 24? I mean, I think he sees it as as just arm talent. He says Stephen Gill's better, which Carson, I, I've seen him throw. I think he has a great arm, so I don't know if I agree with that, but I think Stephen has a great arm. Like, I, I mean, I think it's a toss-up. Both of them played, like, okay, when we watched them, I went and watched that matchup because I wanted to see Carson versus Steven, who would be better, and Carson's dual dual threat ability. I know I hate putting that on a quarterback and being like, oh, he's just a dual threat guy. Like it's, But, like, weapon-wise, I mean, Carson can make plays happen, and I think that's why I would put him ahead and as a number two quarterback in the, the state in private school, and I think mm-hmm. the offers show it. I think... There's a reason like Tulane who just won the Cotton Bowl is really heavily interested in him. And I think that dual threat ability is really, really impressive. Now, Steven, as we've seen this year, had put up numbers, numbers. And the one year, the one game we watched him was against uh, ESD, or sorry, against AHS, and their defensive line just ate up Steven's offensive line. And it was hard for him to make stuff happen. And at one time he actually did, he gave it to Cole Allen. Cole Allen made something happen and it was a home run city. So Steven is a great player. And the one time I watched him wasn't his best game, but I still think he's a great player. And I think he's a top five quarterback in the state, but I, 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 I've seen Dante, I've seen Carson. And I think they're just, I, I personally would put him above Steven, but I'm not hating on Steven one bit. I think Steven's a great player. And I don't, I think Steven deserves to be an FCS quarterback. I think he's a D1 FCS quarterback. I think Dante is as well. Carson, I think it might be the next level of like a two lane, I think is a great spot for him. And then Cole, I think Cole just has to build 6'6", 210. I mean, he can throw the ball really anywhere. And that's why you see the offers from like Colorado, UTSA and others. I mean, Arizona State, I mean, those guys have, I think he's going to be the number one from just looking at him. And you're like, yeah, that, that dude's a quarterback, but other, yeah, th- the, so. the other three are very, very impressive. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion, Dante Lewis needs to be top 10. Um, I think Dante Lewis has the arm talent of, I think yeah, his arm talent's on par with Carson Gordon and Stephen Gill. I'll say it. I've seen him in person. I just watched his film while you were talking to verify that. That dude, I mean, again, he, he. I like what you said about not putting these people in boxes of dual threats. Dante Lewis can run, yes, and it's a very important part of his game. That dude can sling the rock. He can throw. I mean, he he's very, very good. He's someone that I'll ride for because I've seen him in person and I was blown away at his talent. Yep. Uh, Dante Lewis is top 10 in my opinion. It's The fact he doesn't have offers is criminal i would expect some soon i mean he's a college player without a doubt but i mean walker barring any more comments from you i think that's that's all we really have to talk about in terms of 24 players i just i'll give some love to some other guys i love elijah Kaysen being a top division four guy at 19 i think he's a really great player his dad coached me back in high school and if he's anything like his dad and has the mindset of his dad he's gonna be a very talented player and you can see why new mexico state and others have offered him I think some offensive line. I think we have a great offensive line class with Bennett Warren, Sam Liu, Porter Nix, Jacob Pacano, Nolan Johnson, and others. I think we have a great Nick Hughes as well. Great offensive line class in a private school this year. 
I mean, I think we have a lot of skill guys and I, I just, I really like this 24 class, you know, 23 in the state as a whole, it's kind of maybe a little bit lower than others, but I think 24 raised it up a little bit in private school, especially had some really, really talented players. And I think this is going to be a great year. I want to say, I'm going to say this in my last thing. I think guys who are going to raise their offers as the season progresses, I think J.D. Chris finally gets a D1 offer at the end of the season. I like Maddox Reed getting another offer, the Parrish running back after another season being the big-time dude. I think Johan gets some bigger offers. I think a guy like Porter Nix finally gets that pulls the trigger of a D1 offer. There's one I'm thinking of, and I hope you say it. Jacob Wilburn, I think, is one of them. I what? Who are you thinking? Kevin Dodder. Really? Okay, I like that. I think Kevin Dodder will. I think Kevin Dodder's super talented, especially with with a new team to showcase his ability. I think he's one to watch for certain going forward. No doubt. Um, other guys, I'm going to give my love to my Southwest Christian guy, Adrian Lewis, six six three thirty. I think that's what it says. Offers from Tech, U of H, and UTSA. I don't know if those are committable offers, but at that size, he's going to be the brains next year of the fourth cross fourth Southwest Christian offensive line. He's going to be good. I think guys like, I think Rally Strode, I don't know if he's going to get a D1 offer, but I think he gets offered soon about some bit pretty good offers and maybe Division II. Um, and some other guys, Kane Lehu, Jackson Powers, Tyler Day, even Cole Edrich had a 59. And I think there's just so much talent in this 24 class. I could go down to this number 1600 McCoy and tell you, hey, that kid's a baller. Like, And you, if you have 60 guys that be like, that kid's a baller, you have a pretty good class in 2024. Definitely so, but yeah, that's a great way to end it. So much talent in 24. The depth of talent is is something to behold as well. But that being said, that is all we have to talk about regarding our top 24s and also, sorry, the guys' top 24s. I promise me mixing that up isn't any indication <laughs> that we're the guy. We've made that clear enough. Uh, we're not psychotic enough to rank the top 300 players, but the guy is, and he does fantastic work. We're thankful for the publicity he gets for Texas private school football. But not only is that it for the top guys in 24, that actually is it for all the information regarding this episode. So, Walker Lott, I'll give you a chance to give your your final thoughts about everything we've talked about. We've really gone over a wide array of things here. <laughs> yeah, it's been a great, great pod. I appreciate everyone who still listens. Um, congratulations to everyone who is signed to a college. You know, that's the dream of guys, you know, playing is to finally find. I hope you found the right spot for you. I uh, hope your sunny day is as special as it should be. Uh, I wish you the best going forward uh, for the guys who are still not signed. It's okay. Breathe. It's okay. It's just a day. You will find the place for you. And that's what's most important at the end of the day, finding what college is the best for you is what matters. So stay the course, trust the process and just trust in God, man. Y'all will be okay. Um, and just, you know, keep putting yourself out there. Colleges all over the country are going to still try to find the guys to fill up their class, even to the last day. And so just trust the process, man. But uh, thank you for everyone tuning in. Uh, there is the, those are also the awards. Uh, also, I'll say one last thing about the award show. Uh, if you're to, if you want to sponsor the actual awards, please let us know. We're looking into that as well. Uh, if you were wanting to 
if we we need nominations for the Hart Award, if you have anyone that you would have wanted to nominate for the Hart Award, just a guy who gives it all for his team, doesn't take a playoff, and is a leader in the locker room and in the classroom and just overall the school, please let us know. We would love to hear y'all's thoughts. Uh, but that's it, man. Thank you for everyone tuning in, man. This was a great episode. Absolutely. So much ground was covered. It's it's always nice to get back and talk in front of a microphone about things that we're both very passionate about doing. Yet again, I feel like I say this every episode, we have a ton of stuff going in behind the scenes. We've gotten to a lot more basketball this year, which I'm very excited about. I don't know when this will come out, but actually it'll come out later than this, but I will be at Grapevine Faith versus Grace Community um, on this Friday, which will be probably a couple of days after, um, a couple of days before this comes out. But yeah, very excited. Lots of things going on. Incredibly, incredibly blessed to be able to do something that we both enjoy so much. So yep. with all of that sappy stuff out of the way, as always, I have been one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tallis, and Walker Lott has fantastically been himself. We will see you in the award show. See you later. Three, two, one. Hey!